Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you've joined us today. I pray that the worship has been very sweet to you, that the testimony was uh, used, that God used it to speak to you as well. Also, today is Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. You may remember he was on the earth for 40 days. He ascended. The disciples went and prayed and the Holy Spirit came and we celebrate that time today and we believe strongly in the Holy Spirit that he inhabits the lives of believers. But today, uh, we are continuing with our What's After ATX series. Last week we talked about death, a little somber, but uh, today we're going to shift gears a little bit. But uh, let me start with a story. In 1952, there was a swimmer by the name of Florence Chadwick, and uh, she her goal was to swim from Catalina Island in the Pacific Ocean to mainland California, which was a 26-mile swim. And uh, she was a distance swimmer. She thought she could make it fine. And the day that she was going to make this swim, lo and behold, the fog had set in. The weather was inclement. And, uh, but she decided, I'm going to make the swim anyway. There would be boats uh, accompanying her as she made the swim. So she took off early in the morning, and as she began her swim uh, uh, across the Pacific to California, she got about 15 hours in, and she decided, I can't go any farther. They tried to encourage her to keep going, but she said, that's it, I can't make it, uh, I've got to stop. So they pulled her into the boat, only to discover that they were just a mile from the mainland uh, when they took her in. She was interviewed afterwards, and, and this is what she said. She said, all I saw was the fog. I think that if I could have seen the shore, I would have made it. If I could just see the shore, I would have made it. You know, life is full of fog and storms, and uh, yet so many times we have a hard time uh, making it through life because we don't think what's extra out there that God has ordained for us. It was only months later on a clear day that Florence Chadwick made the swim without any problem because you could see clearly. You know, today we're going to talk about heaven. And uh, so often life gets difficult and we don't talk about heaven that much. And uh, But yet this is what God has. And my goal today, hear me on this, my goal today is to get a glimpse of the shore of heaven so that even though we're in the fog of life, we're going to make it. Um, you know, heaven has had many skewed views, and, and this is why I think we struggle so often. You know, how many times have you heard that there are cherubs or angels floating on clouds, and this is what we're going to do for eternity? I tell you what, that does not excite me in the least bit. Uh, or uh, how many fundamental pastors have said, oh, if you can't make it through a worship service, there's no way you're going to make it in heaven because it's just one long worship service. Let me tell you, I've been in some worship services that, that I don't want that at all. So we've had these skewed views of heaven and, and it, and it, it we don't think about it much. And, and uh, the other thing we think about is our affluence, all the stuff we have. We just don't think about heaven very much. And I, I thought about something else. Uh, on August the 5th, 2010, uh, there was a group of Chilean miners, and 33 of them got trapped under the earth, 2,300 feet under the ground in the mines. 
And as they were under there, they're going to eventually spend 69 days underground. In the meantime, they drilled a hole. They supplied all the provisions for them that they need. They had air. They had food. They had everything they need to continue to survive. But they were under the ground. And I thought about that just a moment, comparing to us and how that we are so in love with this earth and we don't think about heaven very much. I thought about what if those Chilean miners... Uh, you know, we're under there, that 69 days turned into months to years, uh, and, and uh, they were able to have children down there, and those children we raised, all that they know, eventually those, those first 33 uh, pass away, but the next generation comes, and all they know about life is being underground, 2,300 feet, all their air is provided, all their food is provided, but all they know is right there, And uh, they may hear stories about that there's life beyond this, but this is all we know, so we're just going to live it out right here, our total life. That's how some people are with their life on earth. They think this is all there is. And we fall very in love with this earth, and I think the Lord is wanting to loosen our grip and tell us that there's more. And we're going to look at that today. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Paul a follower of Jesus wrote this letter to a church in Philippi and and he talks about many different things and he begins to tell his own story a little bit how he was the religious of the religious and if basically if anybody could make it on their religious background he would have made it but he considered that rubbish compared to knowing Christ but what I want to do is I want to pick it up at Philippians 3 verse 12 through verse 21, and let me let me read it, and then I want to unpack some things about heaven quickly for you today and uh, kind of whet your appetite. It says this in verse 12, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. He's talking about complete maturity in Christ. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. He's going to pursue it, strive. It's an athletic picture of, of running. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing, single focus, I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So now, let me stop here just a moment. When he says, I forgetting what lies behind, in other words, it's a runner in a race. He's not looking at the other runners. He is looking at the goal. And, and some translations where it says in verse 14, upward call, actually they say heaven call, heavenward call that is there. So what Paul is saying is, listen, I'm not focusing on those that are running with me necessarily. I'm focused on where God is, is taking me. Now, verse 15. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. There it is. We're just setting on earthly things. But verse 20, underline this, double underline it, whatever. But our citizenship is in heaven. 
And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Paul is saying this to followers of Jesus. Listen, your citizenship is in heaven. You're, you're strangers here. You're aliens. I, I want to give you an overview of what the Scriptures, I believe, reveal about heaven. Now, sometimes we've added things to the Scriptures or we've misinterpreted. So I want to do the best I can to give you um, the picture that is there in Scripture, best that I can. You're going to have to think quickly. And I'm just going to give you addresses about certain Scriptures and you can look them up. But here's three facts about heaven. Number one, heaven is a place of eternal security. You see, we live in a temporary day, but heaven is a place of eternal security. All we know on this planet is temporary. Everything we see, buildings, objects, our health, our bodies, cars, it's all temporary. But there is a place called heaven, which is a place of eternal security. In fact, the writer in Hebrews called it a heavenly city. And whenever city is, is used, it is a, is a reflection of security and safety. There's a heavenly city that is awaiting us. Also, in, uh, Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5 that I alluded to last week, that it is an eternal, permanent building. We have, these earth suits are temporary tents, but there is a permanent building, uh, eternal in heaven that we, that he is, has for us. Um, also, now we love this one. In Revelation 21, it talks about it's a place of health, no tears, no mourning, no more death. There's a security that comes. And, and we don't have to be anxious about that because we know it is eternally secure. This is what the Bible tells us. E.M. Bounds made this quote. He said, Earth is but a pilgrim's stay, a pilgrim's journey, a pilgrim's tent. Heaven is a city, permanent, God-planned, God-built, whose foundations are as stable as God's throne. That is the security of heaven. It is there. It is real. But it is secure. It's a place that is secure. And the scriptures let us know that. The second thing about heaven is this. Heaven is a place of provision. Provision. God has provided all that we will ever need. There are no needs there. Let me, let me give you some thoughts out of the scriptures that allude to that. Jesus, you may remember Jesus was on the cross. He was crucified between two thieves. And as he's between these thieves, he has dialogue with them. One of the thieves, uh, is very repentant and, and, uh, he says to the Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And this is where Jesus responds to me, to him. Today you will be with me in paradise. That's Luke 23:43. To you will be with me in paradise. Now when we think of paradise, we think about Hawaii or some tropical place. The the word here actually refers to a walled-in beautiful providing garden. 
Much like the Garden of Eden, where, where we see God and man uh, walking in an intimately uh, that was expected, that God had from the very beginning. And this is the paradise, the word that Jesus is using. This beautiful walled-in garden. And I think about that garden. You know, Adam and Eve had things to do. People think, well, I'm just going to sit around in heaven. No, Adam and Eve had things to do while they were in that garden. But it fulfilled them. You see, with a curse... Our work became a a curse instead of a blessing. But serving is such a blessing. And I believe that this is referring that there's going to be serving in heaven. That we will serve the Lord and there will be no boredom with that service. So it's paradise. But also the writer to Hebrews in Hebrews 4.9 says it is a rest. Now for some of you that sounds really good to have a rest. But that rest is no more conflict. No more death, no more war. Uh, you're complete and you are whole. Uh, Paul says even in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, we, we will see him as he is and, and this will be a rest to see that we uh, are like him and are becoming like him. And so there is a rest, this provision. But also it tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that we're going to get new resurrected bodies. How about that? That no longer will with these bodies be uh, terminal, uh, uh, but they will be forever. And read 1 Corinthians 15 and see what those bodies are like. And you're saying, oh, is that real? Listen, Jesus rose from the dead. And if he rose from the dead, his heavenly body, we are going to have those as well. This is a place of provision for us. But let me deal with one more. Not only is it a place of security and a place of provision, but thirdly, you're going to love this. Heaven is a place of relationship. It is a place of relationship. In fact, Psalm 33:13, the psalmist said this. He said, "The Lord looks down from heaven, he sees all the children of man, from where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth, he who fashions the hearts of them and all and observes all their deeds. Heaven is the dwelling place of God. Now, you're saying, I, I, I think that, I know, I know that, but do you really? It is the dwelling place of God. In fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, and when, when uh, Jesus is speaking, he said, uh, heaven, which is God's throne room, and the earth, which is his footstool, and Jerusalem, the city of the great king. He's talking about, about making oaths. And so heaven is the dwelling place of God. And then John, in John 14, which I shared with you uh, not too long back, that he says it's the Father's house, that we have dwelling in the Father's house. Now, I'm talking about relationships. You see, these are relational words. This is the Father wanting to spend time with us as His children. There's a relationship that that continues and will become deeper and more precious as we are in His presence face to face. But it's also got other relationships. The Scriptures tell us in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, John is speaking and he's had this vision of the, of the throne room of heaven. And he says there will be every nation... 
Every tribe, every tongue will be assembled there. And uh, this is incredible to think about. It's, it's not just Americans, but it's people of all ethnics, ethnoses that are going to be coming together at the throne room of God. There will be this intermingling of all of mankind. And you will see the diversity and the beauty that God has put out in mankind. So it, every nation, tribe, and tongue. Here's another one. The dead in Christ are in heaven. Now, they're alive, but the, those that have died and, and have, uh, were believers in Jesus Christ, they currently reside in heaven. This is in uh, 1 Thessalonians as Paul deals with the subject of people dying. He brought the people comfort. Listen, the dead in Christ are, are there. They're with the Lord. And so some of you have wondered, man, will I know uh, my parents? Will I know my children that have gone and, and were followers of Christ? Yes, there will be incredible relationships. Uh, they will be deeper than you would ever know in the presence of the Lord. The scriptures also say in Revelation 19 that we will have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, I don't know about your house. But around our house, when we have dinner, when we have a meal, listen, there there may be a guest of honor there, but I'm telling you, it is the most close relational thing we could ever imagine. We used to have a painting uh, of artist conception. It was kind of a picture, uh, doctored a little bit, but it was a banquet feast, and it went on forever. You could just see it forever, and I think, man, that's going to be incredible to have this banquet feast in the presence of the Lord. But but here's the ultimate, okay? We can talk about every nation, tribe, and tongue, and we can talk about the dead dead in Christ are there, loved ones are there. We we can say all that. But ultimately it's this. It's where Jesus Christ is. Acts chapter 1, we see that he ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he's, he's there today interceding for you and me. It is the place where Jesus is. And this is so important to know. You know, in my studies of the scripture, and let, let me tell you something, I have scoured over the scriptures the last couple of weeks just to see everything that it says about heaven. And listen, I've come to the conclusion it doesn't say as much as we think it says. Now, all the scriptures I've shared with you today are very real. This is what heaven is like. But but when we read the scriptures, and thus many Christians today don't talk about heaven. Uh, I don't know if it's the scriptures don't talk too much, or we're just so in love with this earth, and uh, and that's the way things are. But I I was praying through that, and I thought, Lord, there there really isn't as much scripture as we think we are, and we talk about the streets of gold and gates of pearl and those kind of things. The the vision John had, and John was just trying to put things into earthly lingo that he could not even understand that he was watching. And I thought about that, Lord. Why did you not give us more of a picture? Yes, you 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 got across that it's security, and you got across that it's provision, and you got across that it's relational. But Lord, we really don't know. Uh, much else other than Jesus coming and, and telling us and showing us. And as I prayed through that, I thought about this. I thought, and the Lord kind of moved my heart, so this is Mark. But I thought, you know, that the scriptures and the Lord knew that if he told us more about heaven, that we would long for a place more than we would long for him. And you see, we, we 
kind of laugh at other religions today. Uh, you know, they've got all these virgins and, and land in heaven that's for them. And other people talk about this. And sometimes we as Christians aren't much different. We talk about our mansion, even though that's not what the word is in Scripture. We talk about the streets of gold. We talk about that stuff. Instead of talking about the one who gave his life so that we could have life. You know, uh, I remember the, the first trip that our family ever took to Disney World. The kids were little and we were going to road trip it. And so we, we were headed off to, uh, to Florida to go to Disney World. Now, before we went, we did all of this investigating. We read stuff on it. We uh, talked to other people about it. And we, we looked into all these things about Disney World. And so we, we've got our anticipation up about going to Disney World because of all that we had heard. But I tell you what, if you were to ask my kids today, and even Pam and I, what's the most incredible trip we've ever took as a family, it was to that first trip to Disney World because no picture... No verbiage of people, nothing that we read compared to us going there and experiencing it ourselves. You see, we, we want to study about where we're going. We want to know where we're going. But I'm telling you, it is beyond what you can ever imagine. To think about eternal security, to think about all the provision that is there, and to think it's relational. Man, this is what God has prepared for us. But I share this with you. It's provided for his children. And he says he has gone and prepared a place for us. But the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, I my desire, my heartbeat always is, and I pray that this is of central We want you to fall in love with Jesus. Yes, heaven is great. But I want us to fall in love with Jesus. I end with a quote by C.S. Lewis. He said this. If you read history, you will find that the Christian who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. If we want to be world changers, we got to understand this is not our home. But God has prepared a place for us. Why don't you pray with me? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truths you've given us. Thank you, Lord, that heaven is real. And that, Father, we experience eternal life now. The kingdom of heaven is now. But, Lord, you have provided a place for when these temporary earth suits give out that is eternally secure, that has all the provision we'll ever need, And we will have a relationship not only with loved ones who knew you, but with you, the King, forever. Lord, give us a glimpse of the shoreline and we can make it through the fog of life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.